Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky and I'm just a guy talking ball. Today we're going to be talking about the 76ers and the Bucks game from last night. Talking about Dame's debut as a Milwaukee Buck and the James Hardenless 76ers and really identifying they might be they might be well off without him. Uh, and as we exit this episode, we might touch a little bit on Lakers Suns. However, having already talked about them in previous episodes, I will keep it short. But for the most part, really just going to be talking 76ers and Bucks today. And let's get into it. So I had talked about before, especially in the Eastern Conference standings, I think the 76ers would fall and the Bucks would be a top two team in the East. And I think that the main part was the Giannis and Dame pick and roll. The questions are the coaching, and I stand by those statements. A, the pick and roll isn't exactly as great as I imagined it would be, but it is only their first game. I understand this is going to take a lot of time with chemistry and all of that. But there were there was some very promising stuff. First of all, welcome to Milwaukee, Dame, and how do you start it off? 39 points. Eight rebounds, four assists. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to start. And really, the it was the first quarter where I was like, this is where he was definitely the That was when he was the worst. He was still trying, like, there might have been some jitters. I know he's not really a nervous guy. He's very confident. He is himself. But um, at first I was concerned as well that, uh, okay, it's just Giannis going to have the ball and bring it up and then, He'll pass it out and treat Dame like he's Grayson Allen, like I saw in previous preseason games. Eventually, that died off very quickly and was uh, actually a key to the reason they won this game. Um, there's a play in the first quarter that I think was important as to show you, without involving Dame, what this means for the other guys when the ball is in Giannis's hands in transition. So he takes it up in transition and Chris Milton is sag he's sagging behind ready to get to the 3 in case Giannis messes up which he's not the smartest basketball player ever. He's the most dominant in today's era. So he kind of forgets to like dribble and almost commits uh, a walk. Uh, <laughs> travel for no reason. So he kind of just is really ugly, to be honest. He just kind of like almost stumbles over, looks back, and and passes it to Chris Middleton, who's sagging in transition, and just nails this open three. And, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, Chris Middleton's life is about to be so much easier. With him really trying to come back to his own, and hopefully he can, you know, I don't wish that on anyone to not be the player they once were. But um, as a third option in Brooke Lopez as a fourth scoring option, oh my God, this team is going to be unbelievable. It's really just about they're, they're going to need a lot more games to get this together. And Malik Beasley wasn't terrible. I don't, I don't have much to say on Pat Connaughton. He's, he's just like an average guy. And I didn't think Jay Crowder was awful, but I... I well, we weren't watching that, let's be honest. Uh, I will go back and watch that some more. I think they're probably going to be tinkering with 
rotations as time goes on because they have to figure out who's going to be the primary two guard and then just rotations off the bench in general. But for the most part, the Dame and Giannis stuff worked to perfection. I really thought going into this game that it was going to take time for Dame to become Dame again. So I thought it was going to be a matchup between Giannis and Joel Embiid. It was not. It was a Dame versus Tyrese Maxey game. So let's talk about the other side because the Bucks won this game by one, which is incredible. But the more incredible thing is I really thought that even if Dame played bad, they were going to destroy him. And I was wrong. Um, the 76ers looked awful to start this game. And I mean abysmal. It looks, it's, I've seen this before from Joel Embiid where it's like the first game of the season is just not his thing. And I, it, it's always interesting to me to be like, dude, it's like you get opening night games, like the, you're playing the Bucks, like where, why aren't you excited? But he's just been through so many unfortunate things in the 76ers era. Uh, this trust the process era has been just flagged with just, that's unfortunate. Uh, that's the Kawhi Leonard buzzer beater shot on a game seven in the second round. Then in Ben Simmons, just kind of quits on his team and loses all his confidence and then wants to trade. And then James Harden, Kind of then both James Harden and Embiid play bad, and then James Harden wants to leave. I think he, it, there's some something that he's he's truly just tired of all this monotony. So he's prepping himself to get back into it. So let's take him out of the equation. It, Tyrese Maxey is the key to this team. I'm not going to say to win a championship, but if they want to still be a top four team, he's obviously the key. Uh, he had 31 points, eight assists, and four rebounds. In 40 minutes, uh, he's he's a clutch shooter. He's not the Dame level of clutch, but every time they've it looked like they kind of needed a bucket, uh, like they really need to try and get back in this game. He's he's just drilling them. He his shot is super clean. Most of them barely touch uh, net when he's shooting from three, but you know he's super fast, and his scoring is just so important for this team with James Harden gone. Um, some notable role players, or Tobias Harris is their third scoring option. He had 20. Great, whatever. The notable one here <laughs> is Kelly Oubre Jr. Had himself a game. 27 points in 32 minutes. What the hell? I've never seen him do this in my life. Uh, yeah, he's making an impact. So I, I think may, maybe I was a little... Under, if we're going to overreact to game one, as we've been doing recently, um, yeah, I, I look, you're, you're looking at way better role players than I thought, or the role players are playing better. The main thing here is they're still missing a main, just reliable option either, because Tyrese Maxey is trying to pick up the assists, and I think that there was a really ugly play at one point that tells me that Nick Nurse, their new head coach, basically is telling him, tell, he's he probably telling Joel Embiid, I want you to try and be Jokic, which there was this one play in like, I think it was late third quarter, early fourth, where I think the ball swings from Tobias Harris, to Joel Embiid, Tobias is in the corner, to, uh, Joel Embiid is on the wing, on, on the right wing. And he as, as soon as he touches the ball, 
he do, he tries to no look basically tap it and just immediately turns it over and all like I'm sure everyone watching that game was ah uh, yeah Nick Nurse is trying to like tell him you can be Jokic too but like what what was the plan what was you've never done that in your life uh, I there needed to be a little bit more I think he's trying to get it to Tyrese Maxey at the, like closer to the logo half court than he was at the top of the key but it's just like. What the hell? So um, the main thing here is defense is still solid from 76ers. Uh, it could be a little bit better. I mean, a one-point game, you're not going to complain about that. You're going to complain about Joel Embiid's free throw shooting, which as a – he he is a foul merchant. Let's just be real, and it's okay because he's just so big. I understand why. He just doesn't need to rely on that during the playoffs. That's what kills him every time. Um, you need to, if you're going to get fouled a bajillion times and the slogan of this podcast, of this content creation channel is I'm begging players to make their free throws. And I was aghast at this game. That is the worst part of this game is watching Giannis and Joel Embiid, who I didn't think I would put in the same sentences for how terrible they were at shooting free throws. But man, if you're going to get that fouled that much, please make them. It's like, why are they called free throws if you're not going to make them? Like, you are a professional basketball player. I'm looking at Joel Embiid a little bit more this time around because it's like, what the hell, man? I know you can shoot free throws. For Giannis, it, it is strictly, I don't know what happened. When you won a championship in that game six and had like, what was it, 50 points? And you've made, like, almost all your free throws ever since then in 2021, in, like, June. It's like he just lost it. He lost the ability. It's just not there anymore. I don't get how he can't do it. But, like, if we're talking about, like, Clint Capella, I understand. Like, you are what you are at some point, right? But I'm kidding. It's just a little really small, weird tangent, but there is something to be said that like when Giannis loses all of his athleticism, I don't know if he has the ability to like transition into a longtime player. Like he's going to ride this out until he can't anymore. And I think that's going to make it to where when he's in his like early thirties, maybe like 33, 34, that next contract is going to be, um, possibly one of the worst contracts in the league I, that's a hot take and i'm looking way into the future but there he has shown me nothing to say that his skills have developed in terms of shooting but for the most part of this this game was a really fun one i'm very impressed with the 76ers i get when people say like there are no moral victories i think that's pretty much true but you can at least hold on to something of like it's game one you don't have james harden you're probably thinking now, if you can, I didn't know if they could, but if you can ride this wave until the trade deadline, maybe you might be able to wait for some team to be very desperate and give you a little bit more than they normally would for an expiring in James Harden. You're looking at like the Clippers or somewhere like the Toronto Raptors or the Chicago Bulls. We can get into a little bit about that near the end. But then you can really try and, mold this you you maxi leap role players playing as good as they are and then if you can get something to help you put push you into the contention level as the bucks and the celtics as we are predicting they will be um 
The 76ers could be up there. But they're gonna have to they're gonna have to hold it down. Joel Embiid is gonna have to play better than he did, and they could have won. And the problem is, like, this would have been a prime opportunity to win today or last night because the chemistry is still rough with Dame and Giannis. You know, freak time, baby. Uh, so it's all right. It's game one. Who cares? But both teams looking good. Uh, I The ceiling for the Bucks is obviously way higher than the ceiling for the 76ers. I'm just saying that if Ty, the Tyrese, Maxey, and Embiid pick and roll can work to perfection and they both get become average-level passers, then they start to become like a truly threatening duo, I think, in the league, especially if Tyrese Maxey can be an all-star, which I think he can maybe. I wouldn't say most improved. I think a lot of people know about Tyrese Maxey at this point. Like It's just like it's he's just deserving of the respect of being an all-star if he can play like this constantly. But <clears throat> that's it for that game. Uh, I'll do a quick little tidbit on this next game, but I, I guess before I'm done talking about it, it's just mainly there's more to the 76ers than I think most people think, and the Bucks will get better as time goes on, and we, except for like if injuries happen, whatever. But the chemi- as the chemistry grows, this team will get – Scarier and scarier, so respect them. All right, going to Suns-Lakers. No Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal again for Phoenix. The injury bug, either it's an injury bug or they're somehow resting players and not getting fined for it or something. I don't know, but this... The concern here is less about the Suns now, all of a sudden. That there's concern for the injuries. The longer this stretch of Devin Booker isn't playing or Bradley Beal still hasn't played a game for him, that's when we're going to have a conversation about that. We need to have a conversation about the Los Angeles Lakers. Facing a team that is top-heavy without the two of the three stars, y'all, be- y'all squeaked by, riding off of the heroics of 38, 39-year-old LeBron James Taking it to the rack every time down the stretch of this game. I am shocked that they should have won by more. I understand Kevin Durant is him. But he's not he's not that level of him. Otherwise, he would be carrying these teams. Uh he he would be, we would look at him like he is absolutely the best player on this team, when I don't think that's the case about the Phoenix Suns. When the second best player is like Yusuf Nurkic or Grayson Allen, or Jordan Goodwin, or Josh Akogi. How the hell are these Lakers only winning by five points? Uh, A win is a win. Respect winning. But there are questions here about the Lakers and how legit they are, and I'm starting to realize it, that maybe (laughs) it's going to hurt. Maybe last year's playoff run was a little bit of a fluke. And again, I think it's just putting a lot more stress and the light is placed on Anthony Anthony Davis. There was a lot of times in this game, and it's just real quick, a lot of times the game, players are going out of their way to feed Anthony Davis. And you're going up against Yusuf Nurkic, who is definitely one of the worst defensive bigs in the league. That is a starting caliber big. 
I don't know how you, I'm just going to look up the the score real quick because I, I just want to know. I just want to know. I just want to know. Because based on that, we'll have a really good understanding of how, okay, 30 and 12, that's not bad. That, I mean, that's good. I, we want to see that more. I just, maybe it's everyone else. Uh, I mean, LeBron having 21 is typical. But look, I, I, I know that they're getting all the nationally televised games, but that's what, it, that's what comes with playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Something about this team, I can't really put my finger on quite yet, but there's something wrong with this Lakers team because they should have beaten the Suns by way more than five points. But it's whatever until we talk about them again. I didn't really want to talk about this game anyway, but you got me rambling. It happens. Last thing, when I was when I was referring to the Bulls, one little tidbit of information going, going forward, uh, I think it was a day ago or something that after game, their first game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Chicago Bulls held a players-only meeting one game into the season. That is really bad, and it look, it bodes well for that blow-it-up scenario I had in the standings uh, episode, but even I couldn't have predicted that after one game there was going to be genuine issues with a team. Now, they're pro they'll probably bounce back or whatever, but it is shocking. Something to keep your eye on, ear out for, all of that good stuff. But that's it for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, subscribe if you're new. Give it a like, comment, give it a rate if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or any of those. And I'll catch you later. Peace.